Welcome to episode two of the Tiger Mining Report podcast here at MotorCityBangles.com. I'm Rahil Castillo. Alongside me is my esteemed panel of contributors here at Motor City Bangles. And the only one that could make us this evening is uh, Jake, who may be joining us here in a little bit. But the we're just an eve upon opening day. There's a lot of little things that the Tigers still have to, have to do with their roster in terms of the Mud Hens and Erie and West Michigan. So we can speculate a little bit, but there's quite a bit of excitement in the air. Opening day is tomorrow. It's supposed to be a 32 the game time temperature. I don't know about you, Kellen. Is it going to be pretty cold out there in uh, Pennsylvania? I'm assuming. Yeah, about the same over here. Baseball weather in the Midwest, as they say. Yeah, which is either going to be. I mean, it was 72 here yesterday in in Michigan. Now it's just going to be down to 32. So fun times there. So for anybody who's listening, there's going to be eight. If you're not going to the game, the city of Detroit recommends you not to go down there. So it's going to be strange to see a very almost half empty stadium, but still, nevertheless, we have baseball unlike last year where we didn't have baseball till July. And now we have a minor league season to discuss, but before we do get to the minor league season, let's talk about a little bit about, we talked about our predictions today. We did our article over our city Bengals, And the only, I was going to ask you, Kellen, in terms of what your season predictions were for the Tigers before the minors, what are your thoughts about just win totals and, and just overall, where do you think the Tigers are going to, they're going to go one step forward and take a step back. Yeah. I think that, just in reading reading that article that you guys put out today, uh, I think I'm I'm pretty much aligned with you guys in the sense that you know high 60s win total I think seems about right. I think that we're improved in the outfield, and I think that AJ Hinch and staff are going to buy us a couple more wins than than the Garden Hire crew. Uh, so I think those are kind of the key areas where I I look for improvements from last year. I think uh, in terms of areas where it could get a little sketchy, I think the catcher situation scares me. Uh, I think that anytime you're you know, hoping and praying that Wilson Ramos doesn't get hurt. I think that's a, a scary situation to be in, to say the least. Uh, I have a couple other more random predictions. I think that Jose Cisnero will get the first crack at the closer job. I actually think he'll make the all-star team. I know we, we've mentioned him on the podcast before, uh, and I wrote about him a little bit last year, but his slider, I think, has the potential to be one of the best pitches in baseball. Uh, you saw last year on that pitch, uh, 48% whiff rate. 159 batting average, 171 slugging percentage. You know, he he just murders people with that pitch, and he'll probably bring the usage up a little bit of that pitch under Chris Fetter. Uh, mix that with the 97 mile per hour fastball. Uh, I think he has a great chance to be really successful and possibly even be dealt at the deadline. I also think uh, Willie Castro is probably one of the the more interesting scenarios this year. I, I'm really interested in seeing you know his what his outcome is this year. I think that uh, just looking at kind of his range of outcomes. I think he could be anywhere from uh, losing the shortstop job in the first couple months, just, you know, not being able to figure out his throwing issues, maybe regressing a little with the bat. I think that uh, that's kind of on the low end of his outcomes, but I think on the high end, he could also be an all-star, you know, 25, 15 type of player. So I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing if he continues to develop uh, and, you know, seeing where he lands on that range of outcomes. Yeah, there is a, you know, the thing about Jose Sonero is I think that if uh, he's going to be 32 this year, so that makes a lot of sense in terms of for trade bait ideas. What I was thinking, I, th- I said this yesterday too, I think that we're going to see a tale of first halves where we're going to see Sonero. I think it's going to take a while before Gregory Soto gets comfortable enough to close, but at some point we're going to see him close more often. But at the same time, even a, a lot of predictions talked about Michael Fulmer being a closer, which I could definitely see too. But what, what scares me about this team too, is if you have an injury to the bullpen, you look at the minor leagues and it's very kind of the, the depth to in Toledo right now, you're looking at closer in Toledo is going to be what Jose or is going to be Joe Geminis at this point. Correct. I mean, it's just could be Alex Lang. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. That's I forgot Alex Lang. So Alex Lang is your best option right now, and then you also have Zach Hass. But Zach Hass going to be in your, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, but Zach Hass in Erie to start the season, and that's a possibility too, I would think. But it's it's just it, you have an injury to the bullpen. That's where I think the Tigers are going to it's going to hurt them a little bit because still who's still out there? Shane Green's still out there. Uh, there is a again. I'm not sure why he hasn't been signed. Maybe there's something. We don't know about on the back end of it, but still, it, it's it, one injury to that bullpen. It's just kind of scaring me. It scares me. Uh, no, I think those are sound, solid predictions. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I, I think I'm a little bit intrigued by the bullpen's versatility. You know, when, when you when you add Fulmer to, to Daniel Norris, Tyler Alexander, you know, these other guys who can pitch multiple innings, in addition to some of the guys like Cisneros, Soto, that throw – uh, Garcia, you know, that can throw, you know, throw a little bit harder in a more traditional bullpen role. I, I think maybe they'll they'll have the ability to mix, mix and match a little bit. And I, I actually think there's the potential that the bullpen could be decent this year. But I do think that with that depth, with those depth issues that you brought up, Raj, I do think that that could be a concern, you know, especially come late May and June. Yeah, there's just that's where I mean, even like you're looking down at AAA right now. And, and let's kind of start where the roster is going to be in terms of roster construction down in Toledo. So it looks like, I mean, if we're, if we're going to piece this together, and I know that we threw in there a couple of suggestions, but let's look at starting nine in Toledo is going to look like something possibly like this. Jake Rogers, you have at first base, uh, Ronaldo Nunez, or DH too. You could actually have him DH and put in uh, Erlian, uh, Adri- or, um, Erlian. Rodriguez. Thank you. Uh, him as your as your first baseman, Zach Short. Isaac Parade or Isaac Brady's at third. Your shortstop is like what Daniel Pinero is gonna probably look like he could play there. Camp Gibson in left, Das Cameron, you have Jacob Robson, Drew Ward, possibly. Well, the Drew Ward is maybe off your know, off your bench, but your bench is something like or you know, I'm sorry, Das or you put Derek Hill out there, Christian Stewart. Yeah, Chris, I think I would assume the starting outfield in Toledo is gonna to be Stewart Hill and, and Cameron with Robson and Woodrow on the bench or DHing or whatever. Unless one of them goes to Double A, I don't know if Cam Gibson is still in the organization or not, or if he's going to retire. I mean, that's that's one of the tough things to know. There's going to be a lot of guys who retire or get released in the next month, I think. But yeah, I had I had Zach Short as their shortstop rather than Pinero, but he could play second base, he could play third base. It kind of depends, I guess. Yeah, I think that the the Toledo team could be a sneaky good defensive team. Just looking at you have Rogers behind the plate, Zach Short's a good defender in the infield, and then Hill and Cameron in the outfield. I think they could be sneaky good on defense. And they could even go with Cole Peterson at shortstop and short at second base. Right. Well, I think we know that Matt Manning's going to be the ace of that staff, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel safe. Beyond that, it's really, I mean, just looking at, at Toledo and Erie from a prospect perspective, it's Matt Manning and then it's just turtles all the way down. I guess Erasmo Ramirez is going to be their number two starter up there. I don't know. What do you guys oh, think? Oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I as I was jotting down names, I mean, you know, Burroughs seems to be a guy that I, you know, I assume will slot in at Toledo and and eat up some innings there. The guy that I'm kind of interested to see where they where they slot him is Franklin Perez. I think Erie is a better spot for him. Let him go against some, you know, slightly less advanced hitters as he kind of gets his feet, you know, wet. And I assume it's his first season since like 2012. Uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think I'd like to see him at Erie, but I mean, he's going to slot into one of those rotations. I would assume. They need to send Perez anywhere they can't hit 90. <laughs> Batters can't hit 90. We'll send him there. Yeah, I, I had him in the Erie rotation for now. See, one of the strange things is losing the minor league season, it's really hard to keep track of development of all these guys. And they've added like a dozen minor league free agents in the last couple months. Guys that we really haven't heard of for the most part, like Pedro Payano, 
and Andrew Moore and was it Ben Ben Martinez? Who who is it? Yeah, Rick, yeah. Uh, Red, Ricardo Pin, Ricardo Pinto comes to mind too. Ricardo Pinto, Brad know. Markey. Yeah, I think we could time. also uh, I think we could also start to see some of those more four A guys in the Toledo rotation. Paul Rican, you know, Logan Shore comes to mind. Guys like that. And I think they could actually be kind of successful in Toledo too. Yeah, it's going to be. I, there's not going to be a lack of experience there. It's just not going to be a great pitching staff from a prospect perspective. But like you said, they might actually be good for them for wins. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be though, so weird with this month of nothing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Usually yeah. we get the thing cranked up and start monitoring it. And now they go back into that to the mystery, the the lost month. All that shakes out afterwards. I'm curious if you guys think they might push Cody Clemens to Toledo based on kind of what they're talking about him in in spring camp. I, I was going to say, I, I would like to see them do it, Chris. You know, I wonder a little bit about sorting out at not innings, sorting out at bats. But I personally like to see him do it. I, I think, is he 25 now, 26? I mean, he's get, he's getting up there prospect-wise anyway. Uh, I, I'd like to see them, you know, give them give him the advanced competition, put him there, and see if he can break into the big leagues later this year. Yeah, he turns 25 in a month. There you go. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of development left for Cody Clemens. I think it's kind of make or break time. So I, I wouldn't mind him starting in Toledo either. Another guy that could be starting the rotation, Drew Hutcherson, who apparently hit in 95. I mean, that's a guy who, I mean, is he, correct me if I'm wrong, is he more of a, I think, wouldn't be like a, a piggyback kind of guy then at that point then? I mean, is he, he hasn't pitched more than, he hasn't pitched more than 50 innings. He's been a reliever pretty much, correct? I thought or, he was starting recently, but, but yeah, I, it's, it's tough to tell, you know, with some of these guys are going to get stretched out. Some of them. And that's the thing. Like, I, I just kind of assume that Burroughs and Funkhouse are going to continue to be developed as relievers. But they could. I mean, the, the organization may look at them now and go, you know what? We just need somebody to eat innings. And these guys probably don't have a future as relievers. Uh, they're org guys now. That was kind of my thought bringing up Burroughs, Chris, was that I, I don't see his future in the bullpen. I could see Toledo needed some arms for that rotation to eat some innings. And why not yeah. throw him back out there? That makes sense to me. I just think I agree with that 100%. I mean, we saw enough of Burroughs. It's just not the electric stuff that's going to get, you know, it's going to be a fire fireman out of the bullpen. This I'm, not, I'm saying this, it sounds like kind of a joke, but he, he looks more of a guy who's going to go to Korea, you know, that kind of a pitcher with with the velocity he has um, and the makeup. Mm-hmm. That, that screams someone who goes overseas and makes a little cash. There is a, you know, I mean, another guy too that would probably be in, the rota- in rotation Toledo as a minor league free agent is Mark Leiter Jr., who was oh, just about him, you know? yeah, yeah, he was signed a couple, I think last week or something. Some Jason Beck made some really uh, cheesy joke about him coming, uh, a lighter joke about because based off yeah. the all the lighter hype right now going on to Vanderbilt. But yeah, that's another guy who just would step in as a minor league free agent to just be there as roster daughter. But it's where it was going to get to the bullpen. The fact you have Drew Carlson, Drew Carlton right now, Ethan DeCaster, Zach Houston, which again, kind of forgotten about because he was going to be the next big reliever that's going to come up and make some noise. But lighter could be slotted as like, again, maybe a piggyback starter or a reliever as a long relief. And then Ronnie Garcia, is it just me or just Ronnie Garcia has been kind of like, wasn't not, he on the 60 day? He's, I think he, is he on the 60 day now? I'll have to, let me look, look, look. I think so. Okay. But even they, they brought him up, they never even brought up him in camp. Like no one even mentioned his name or nothing. It was really weird. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a guy that they probably would have used as a starter in Toledo. Not necessarily like as a starter in the future for the Tigers, but he seems like a guy that they would use to, you know, continue developing as a starter before he eventually comes up as a reliever, if he comes up at all. But yeah, I don't know. You got to wait two months now. I think another guy at Toledo that I think is a little bit interesting is Ian Kroll. People are going to roll their eyes at that comment, but I don't know if you guys saw, there was a story about him in The Athletic, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, kind of talking about how when he was in Detroit and kind of in the majors as a whole previously, he had some attitude issues, some off the field issues. 
Uh, his work ethic wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, and his velocity dropped a lot throughout his time in the majors. So I guess he he kind of found his way back in some random independent league in central Illinois or something last year. Oh, okay. He was, yeah. yeah, he was playing uh, like his agent hooked him up to to play against some, you know, minor A ball guys or, or college guys that were not in season. And uh, I guess, I mean, he was touching 95, 96 with the fastball, uh, decent curveball. So I could see him coming up to the Tigers at some point. And I, I'm not going to say he's going to, you know, blow, out, blow anybody out of the water or, or, you know, be super successful. But I think he could make his way back to Detroit. Yeah, that's one of the things that's going to be curious to me is is because we talked about they've added all these arms, these free agent arms, and we, we mentioned some of them. And Kroll's a guy that I think they'll have in Toledo. So I wonder if some of the more like org guys that they lean on in spring, like a DeCaster and a Carlton, I wonder if they might end up back in Erie. Just because, yeah, I think the organization likes them, but maybe not necessarily as big leaguers, whereas they think maybe Kroll could come up and help if needed. The other guy that I was I, I was thinking, is David McKay, is he still in the organization? I believe I he is. According to Fangraphs, he is. Oh, did they is, re-sign is, him? They re-signed him, didn't I, they? I, th- I, thought, I thought I heard they did. I mean, obviously, that was a guy that at the time they acquired him, I was at least optimistic that he could give you some, you know, mediocre bullpen innings. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how he competes wherever he gets, you know, slotted in the organization. I would guess it's at Toledo, given his prior time in the big leagues. But you know, that's that's another guy who I think, you know, has 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 some has some decent stuff and could probably get outs if he could put it all together. And the more yeah, we think- talk about this, just just looking down this list that Fangraphs has here, it's Willie Peralta, Gerson Marino. You know, Nolan Blackwood, Miguel Del Pozo, Robbie Ross. These are all guys that are vying for AAA uh, bullpen spots. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to have just some decisions to make here. Not not everybody's going to have a spot in the org. No, Raj, weren't we? We were at David McKay's, not Tigers debut, his organization debut when he, he oh, was wow. with the Mud Hens. We, we saw, I think he struck out five of the six batters he faced or something like that. Yeah, he, he looked was, really uh, good. I mean, it was, I guess Paul Tuckett. Yeah, he, he yeah. had that his slide. His curveball was nasty. Yeah, yeah breaking ball, whatever it was yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't quite work out in the majors. It had high spin, but uh, it's <laughs> no, fun, fun both no. ways to the plate and then out over the fence. Nope. It did not work out at all. What? And, and the, that's, where, that's what I'm saying. Like, in terms of Ian Kroll, Kellen, I don't, I'm not going to roll my eyes at that. The only reason why I ever roll my eyes is because when Chris Mikowski says, like, spin master and puts that little <laughs> unnecessary PR stuff to it, that's where I'm like, all right. But if it's Cody Saberhagen, I'm like, you know what? Okay. Cody knows how to tell a story and Cody does a really good job with it. And again, nothing against Chris Kowski. I don't want anybody out there saying, I mean, he doesn't, I know he doesn't like the vlog scene, but whatever. Anyway, my, my point is, is that I, I, because he, he looked good in camp, but you want to see what he can do against. And even in triple a right now, it's going to be just ball. Correct. The ball going to, the ball change dynamic. Is that going to be the same? As it was in 2019. Boy, I have no idea. I think they're planning to use the same ball as 2019 in AAA. I think so. I think they're just changing the size of the bases in AAA. Oh, and do we have they expanded the rosters at all for the COVID? Are they still what 24? I'm not sure if it's even been announced. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 all fun speculation right now. (laughs) I think in in general, I think the Toledo offense is going to be kind of interesting to watch because there's some legitimate prospects there, and then you got Manning, and then there's going to be an army of. 26 to 32 year olds filling out the roster uh, who might play well, but it's going to look like a triple A roster, normal triple A team, I think. And you know, for Ian Kroll, I didn't roll my eyes either, only because obviously I wouldn't bet any of my own money on him making a comeback. But just look around the league. I mean, well, look at Jose Cisnero. I mean, his career was dead in the water. Look what he came back and did last year. And I think almost every year you can find a couple of relievers around MLB who uh, looked like they were, their career was in the toilet three, four, or five years ago. And they find something, and the velocity's back, and they have a couple of good years. So, no, if he's hitting 95, 96, if that's legit, yeah, he could, 
he might have a couple years in him. You never know. Yeah, I, I like to call it random acts of bullpen success. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I mean, don't the Rays do this all the time? Sign like five relievers that have, are terrible, and suddenly they throw forty innings with a one thirty seven ERA. I, right. I mean, it, it feels like at some point with with this new focus in the organization on analytics, they seem to be progressing. I mean, it seems like it's time for the Tigers to find one of those guys. Why not? Why not Ian Kroll? Sure. I mean, it's as good a name as any. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. and you, with Cisnero, it's one of those things where they found a gem out of that, and it's not very often they have been able to do that, which is ironic to me for how much money they spent on Jonathan. The, you know, there was, I'm trying to think of, they signed another closer, too, that just blew a lot of money. Oh, K-Rod, I mean, K-Rod, he gave some results. I mean, we can't exactly say that Francisco. First year was um, okay. Yeah. You're, you're thinking of Joe Nathan. Troy Percival? Yeah, yeah, Joe Nathan. Yeah, Joe Nathan, yeah, Joe Nathan was terrible. I mean, Joel Hanrahan? Joe Hanrahan <laughs> never even made it to the team. <laughs> yeah, but then the Trevor Rosenthal, they were like, "Okay, cool, you can throw a fastball, but we don't know what to do with it." And then somebody else was like, "You know what? We're gonna fix it," and they fixed it. Now he's gonna be the closer in Oakland. I mean, I think just- David McKay should go play for the Royals. I think he'll he'll be their closer. <laughs> <laughs> the Royals are actually gonna be, and then we'll 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 talk about the talk about other teams in the division in a second. But I want to add one more thing. I think there is a chance in a world without Derek Holland. There's a chance that Ian Kroll is the lefty who makes the team. And maybe not ahead of Joe Jimenez or whatever, but I was just seven he threw seven innings in spring training, no earned runs, ten strikeouts, two walks, five hits. You're gonna reward a guy uh, for spring training performance that was that was pretty good. I think he just got outshone by Derek Holland. Well, and as we said, I mean the, the opportunity is gonna be there at some point this yeah. year. Uh, so he, he goes to triple A and you know keeps it up, he'll be in he'll be in Detroit at some point. Well, and Ian, Ian Cole should take heart in the uh, success of Holland because anybody who watched Holland give up those dingers to the Tigers last year would not no. expect the, what we saw this spring. No. no. <laughs> yeah, there was a, you know, somebody, I saw on Twitter today, Derek Holland, they had a picture and they zoomed on his shirt and they had something in his chest. You guys see that picture? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I'll, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and you guys keep talking and I'll uh, share it on, on screen here. I'll as soon as I find it. But it was really weird because it was just very random. But no, I, I agree with that because I mean Derek Holland came in there and dominated right-handed pitchers, right-handed hitters like he should. And even his numbers when he went to the bullpen last year, they I mean not exactly great, but they were bad. And so Pittsburgh had no pitching last year, so yeah. you're gonna burn that game season was just burnt to a crisp. Imagine him staying on Pittsburgh now. I mean that they, who who is their I can't even name their starter one starter in the rotation right now. Uh, Mitch Keller. Yeah. Keller. Yeah, Keller. That's about oh, all. That's all I got. They have that. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, you're sorry, kid, but I think they sent him to the minors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think they got Tyler Anderson, and yeah, we saw him. He was the one who struck out Torque on a ninety mile an hour fastball right in the middle. <laughs> Brew Baker, they got Brew Baker. He's all right. Um, no, we could we could discuss Erie if we want to. I mean, that's yeah, even more that, foggy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've got like four players I know for sure. Not for sure. I got one player I know for sure is going to beat Erie. Riley Green. Beyond that, I assume we're going to see like Elvin Rodriguez in the rotation. I think Franklin Perez will be there. I had Paul Richin or Rishan or Riken or however we want to call it. I had him in, in Erie. And then, yeah, beyond that, it's, uh, I think they still have the, the catcher they got from Matt Hall, right? I think he'll be in double A. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I think that, I, I, mean, I don't know if he's, long, I don't know if he's longer with the team. Is he long with the team? I think there's a couple other guys there of interest to me uh, that I expect to go into to double A. I think, first of all, Brady Policelli, I think he'll probably be in double A. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that can play catcher, can play the outfield, can play the infield. So, I think, you know, he's a he's not so much a prospect, but definitely a, a future super utility type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in, in seeing if he can, you know, have some success there. I think also uh, Bryant Packard 
is interesting. I think he could make his way to double A. It sounds like he's going to be playing first base, though we're not we're not exactly sure if if they're keeping him from the outfield full time now or what. Uh, I see you got the picture up there, Raj. Yeah, it's a heart monitor. He said it's a um, heart rate during the to contract his workouts during this share the data of his heart rate during the what time he's pitching. So he actually explains it right here. You know, not to go off on a tangent, but it's interesting. Uh, listening to Kevin Goldstein's podcast, I don't know if anybody else has listened to those in music on Fangraphs. He's talked about how major league players, most of them really don't want to wear this wearable technology, the blast motion sensors and heart monitors and things like that, because they think that teams are going to use it against them. And he's 100% right. Because <laughs> they will use it. You know, as soon as they say, oh, well, you know what, uh, your heart starts going up in these high stress situations and we don't know if we can pay you. Like, you're really going to use it against them for sure. I didn't even think about that that way. That's a. I hadn't considered it either until he mentioned it. And yeah, so that uh, prospects love it. You know, minor leaguers and high schoolers, they love getting their blast motion. Like, but the pros are like, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> it's the difference between getting paid and not. No, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I, I think, Chris, and we mentioned him a little bit earlier as maybe a spot at Toledo. I, I, think Cole Peterson probably slots in as, you know, the everyday shortstop for Erie, you know, so that, that you can give him, you know, as many innings and more like more importantly for him is, you know, as many at bats as possible. That's the guy I think probably man's shortstop for him. Yeah. I mean, one of the hard things to do again, when you lose a minor league season is we kind of assume that there are going to be some players who basically jump up uh, that we didn't expect. And I didn't expect to see Ryan Kreidler much at all in spring training and, and let alone him out there and actually do a couple of things when he got some chances. So he's a guy I could see sneaking into double A too. You never know. Like he could be the third baseman, second shortstop there. Maybe Andre Lipsis. And I don't think Nick Quintana, but you never know. Like, I, I don't know. It's just hard to, it's hard to tell. Yeah. That, that lost season makes it, you know, makes it really tough. Cause you would definitely be talking about those guys, maybe like a Jack Kenley or something like that as, you know, being ready to take that next step. If we had seen them, at any point last year. So it's, it's definitely a pretty tough process. Here's a question for you guys. Do you think that with Hinch and the new coaching staff coming in, do you think it'll impact the philosophy with prospects at all? I mean, do you think they they have any say in whether, whether or not we're being aggressive or more conservative with, with prospects in terms of their movement within the organization? You know, that's very interesting. I, I don't, I don't know how much exposure they're going to have to those kids. I mean, I, I sure, I assume they saw some of them in instructs and then in here in spring training, but, Season starts tomorrow. I don't think Federer and, and Hinch are going to be. Maybe the after games will be going over like footage of minor leaguers and stuff like that. Yeah, the only reason I bring that up is because you mentioned a second ago, like you know, we weren't expecting to see Kreidler in the mm-hmm. in spring training. Part of me just feels like if Gardenhire was still here, we wouldn't have seen Kreidler in spring training. You know, yeah, and we certainly wouldn't have seen Green and Torgelson play as much as they did. And, and so it just just something I thought of there. You know, are we trying trying to be more aggressive now? Jordy Mercer went out there for a garden hire. No, I think you might be right. And and I assume, like I said, I assume that Kreider must have impressed them during instructs. There was very limited access to instructs, I think, this year. So I don't know. I never got any or saw. We saw some video footage, I think, right? Somebody was, was down there taking videos. It was uh, back was in the it, fall. Uh, it was the yeah. Like, there was a prospect guy that was out there in the fall. Yeah. So there was there's some nice videos. I mean, that was we saw. Who was it? It was Wilkel Hernandez. You know, he was kind of a story briefly because he was touching the upper nineties and then <laughs> with the arm. But yeah, but you said it even on the podcast. You're like, well, you touched 97. I don't know about Mike in the arm and then sure all you know what a week later. No, so I think I think that's a good point, Kellen. I just yeah, I don't know. I would I would I would like to think that Federer and Hench's opinions on players and talent is highly regarded within the organization as a whole. And so if they say this guy can play, that Littlefield or whoever else is making the decisions will listen. But I assume it's much more collaborative and they're gonna have hubs in there and uh, Graham, Kenny Graham. 
I mean, we never got to see what those guys could do either. So it's it's not only do we lose a whole season of minor leagues, but we lost a whole season to judge the new hires. No, I was just going to say, I, I mean, if nothing else, I hope that the organization has had lots of discussions with Hinch around, you know, the Astros did for player development, uh, you know, try to pick his brain as to, you know, the way that they implemented, you know, whether it's, you know, level of aggressiveness for prospects, how they how they address player development. I would hope that there's at least been a number of conversations with the with the organization surrounding that stuff. I think there's been a the answer to your question, Kellen. I think there's if you look at, it, for example, Cody Clemens, Jake Rogers, it, those guys kind of really got a second look. And I don't think under Ron Geidenheyer, and this has been kind of almost unspoken about a little bit with why Jake Rogers never got a chance because they're like, no, it, it wasn't going to happen. And maybe he just wasn't. Garnhire's guy, but Jake Rogers had every opportunity. He didn't do what he had to do to get the job in camp. But I think it was AJ Hinch going, okay, I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Same thing with Derek Hill. If you notice that Derek Hill was later stayed later on in camp as well. I think he really wanted to look at what he had and he made the quick decision about Christian Stewart. Like, nope, done. He's done. But I think there's, if you look at how Cody Clement, I mean, last year he wasn't even in, he was a summer camp. He was down in Texas playing the Constellation Energy League. So there's a, an opportunity for him to seize it. And he did. And the same thing with Kreidler. Kreidler was, we never even saw him in West Michigan. He was down, he was in Connecticut at the time. He just came, kind of came out of nowhere to us. And then he just showed, you know, like, wow, he has some, showed some power and, and, Maybe the guys like Brian Packer and, and some of the, even Nick Quintana, all those guys, we haven't heard anything yet because they haven't had an opportunity to. But you looked at Zach Hess also stepped up his profile a little bit. And it was, I remember when his agent or his people approached us about interviewing and him and Cody Clemens both, it was so strange. At the same time, like, hey, you know what? We should have him on. And then we did. And I thought that at the time we thought it was strange because they won't really mention. And all of a sudden now the narrative has been pushed a little bit. And so, uh, one, oh, we have forgot. We forgot to give a uh, a salute to Brock Deferidge, who announced his retirement. Who is a who's a good friend with Cody Clemens. We found out that they play a farming simulator game together. Is that well, right? <laughs> well, we asked we asked Cody Clemens because a lot of when you, when you interview these minor leaguers, a lot of them there's a lot of downtime. They're playing FIFA or Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever. And we asked we had knew that he was friends with Deferidge, and he he was basically like Brock Deferidge is such a farmer that he only plays the farming video games. We're like all right, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's but a yeah, funny you know, that, simulator, yeah. He was a fun uh, a toolsy player, you know. I don't think he was ever going to really make it past double A, but he could get yeah, on that, the farm. Now. I yep. will just that that debut, you know, his first game ever, the three you know, the three bombs kind of just placed him in Tigers minor league lore. And he and he had a grand slam first at bat the next day. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One you know, one thing we didn't mention Jason Foley who was pretty impressive in camp and then kind of disappeared. I think there must have been a COVID uh, issue there at some point. Uh, but I would assume that he's going to be getting some innings in Double A at least, if not Triple A this year. Probably Double A to start. There's three names that I want to bring. I'm going to bring up to you guys. I'm going to ask your opinion about whether they can be sneak up the prospect charts a little bit. One being Max Green. We saw him that he's gained some muscle. He's been again Twitter. Some of the videos he's been posting on Twitter comes from the left side. He's got a good angle to him. Gerson Monero, who's also been mentioned to another reliever that could make his way up the prospect charts. And then the other one that Jared Toby had some decent numbers, but it seems like he's in in that kind of like, I think he's from, yeah, he's from Michigan. He's from St. Clair County. And he was putting up some 94, 95 with some movement. But let me ask you though, those three, those guys put a, a, should be on the radar for prospect people out there. Cause I, 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 you know, I personally, I think Max, Max Green aside, 
I think Monaro is coming back a little bit from – he hasn't pitched. He had, I think, arm issues or something like that to that effect. But what are those three arms or any other arms that maybe surprises to you? Well, yeah, a lot of those relievers, if you uh, can stay healthy and find the strike zone for six or seven weeks, you can move up. Now is the time. There's There's so much mystery to the whole season coming off of last year and with a dead month this year, and who knows – what players have developed and who hasn't. If there's ever been a great time for a player to put it together and shoot up a list and get up to a different level, now is the time. Why couldn't Max Green do it? I, obviously, he throws hard enough. He has the ability. I would throw uh, Vladimir Pinto in that group, too. Just uh, four guys with really nice arm talent, and you never know if and when they might put it all together. You know, I, I was I wrote that article the other day about the worst Tigers debuts and, and was remembering Jay Spores. And I had forgotten how long he was. He was a second rounder and he spent seven years in the minors, like struggling, injured, wasn't good. And then one year it clicked for him and he put up like a two and a half ERA across three levels and he was up in the majors the next year. Things didn't go great for him in the majors, but it can happen very quickly for relievers, especially when they've got a big time fastball and a breaking ball. Yeah, that was his first game and that was his last game and he was at it was toasted. He never played again after that, did he? Grand opening, grand closing. Yeah, I think of those names that you mentioned, I think Max Green is is definitely the most interesting to me. I think that I kind of dream about a scenario where both him and Bryant Packard are in the majors as like fan favorite players, because I think that those two guys are two guys that Tigers fans would absolutely fall in love with just from the second that you saw him play baseball. You know, Max Green has hair everywhere. He uh, yeah, clearly has a a love and passion for the game. He seems like kind of a a goofy, fun guy. Uh, And same thing for Packard. So I'm kind of that's kind of like my secret hope for the Tigers farm system is that we see both those guys in Detroit at some point. Well, that'd be massive for the rebuild, too. Right. I mean, having some of these guys from, you know, lower down in the system, you know, kind of kind of skyrocket up and and have some success at the big league level. That'd be huge. You know, the other guy, he doesn't necessarily fit the, the bullpen arm profile with with necessarily elite velocity. And I think we brought him up a little bit earlier. I, I think there's an outside chance Logan Shore pitches, you know, in for the Tigers this year. I mean, he's a guy with yeah, meh, a pretty mad fastball, but the breaking ball is pretty. You know, the breaking ball changeup are are respectable, and he's a little bit more advanced than some of these other guys. And you know, I think he's another arm that that has a chance to break into the uh, you know, break into that bullpen. Yeah, and and Statcast got him a couple times this year. He they had him touching ninety six this spring. Oh, did they really? I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah, so it was more it was more ninety three, ninety four. But uh, you know, in short stints, that's I mean, that's more than Bo Burrows. Yeah, for- Bo Burrows, I think hit ninety four a couple times. So. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely a guy who think I, I think is on the radar and may come up. There's going to be a lot of arms. Unfortunately, there's probably going to be a lot of injuries, and so we're going to see some of these guys. Another one's going to fade away, and but that's just the way it goes. Another one too that was signed in the minor league in the in the offseason too is Loxington, who comes back in an organization from Texas. And I was surprised we didn't see him throwing camp or nothing. Just we haven't heard a peep from him since. He was but in the majors I, last year, right? Yeah, he was in. Yeah, he was yeah. with Texas. Yeah. And I was surprised he didn't get a opportunity to at least make a spring training appearance, what have you. So, but it was one of those again, a name that you you heard about that they signed, and then you were like, oh, okay, cool. And then he nothing. And so, triple A or double A, it doesn't really matter. But I thought again, that that's a lefty too. He throws a knuckleball, right? Or is that what is? Or no, he, I, he he just uh, I think he's a basic fastball bringing ball, fastball slider sinker. Yeah. Okay. Why was he um, throwing knuckleball? Josh Turley. That's thank you. That's what I was saying. Just really uh, got my middle. Um, yeah. You know, you know, one thing, I don't know if you guys went and, and like, you know, tried to scope out the, the lineups for or the field of Erie, too. But I, I was having trouble coming up with more outfielders in Erie other than I Riley Green. I mean, I, I assume if Cam Gibson is in the system, he'll probably be back there for what, the third year. But, and my, my hope there is that Packard plays left field, Chris. Yeah. Um, 
that that would be my hope. I think other than that, you're looking at maybe Ulrich Boyerski, uh, maybe Reese Hampton is a name that I could see there. First off, guys, I, I want you to quit taking all these guys that, that could be at West Michigan uh, so that I can see them play in, in green and Packard and promoting them to here. You're doing that far too aggressively. Stop it. Well, you don't want Daniel Ray. You, you don't want to, stop, you want to get stuck with Daniel Reyes, do you? Or uh, <laughs> no. about another year of uh, Ray Rivera. There you go. That's hey, Ray Rivera. That guy almost can hit a baseball. Follow, he, follow, sure. he follows the Motor City Bengals account on Twitter. He always likes stuff. So I feel bad that every time I say a <laughs> Ray Rivera joke, I'm like, damn it. He likes your Ray style. Rivera, if you're listening, we still love you. We yeah. do. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. I, the other options, I had Dylan Rosa in there, you know, or guy. And then outside chance for Daniel Cabrera. I think that's a super aggressive assignment. I don't think it would happen considering he wasn't in spring training. What about like, what but, about Kerry, what about Kerry Carpenter? That's an Oregon guy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, from was he from Virginia Tech or Pittsburgh? Virginia Tech, um, yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did. He didn't really get out of rookie ball the other year, did he? Uh, who the hell knows? Like it could be Dayton Dugas or Dugas or however you're gonna pronounce it. All right, are Luke Birch and Chad Sedio still in the organization? They're both gone. Okay. Think, uh, <laughs> Those are two names I forgot about. Birch retired and Studio was released. I think. I just you know, Chris, you bring up a good point because I'm looking, I'm looking through these rosters right now, and the outfield right now. Okay, so you have Daniel Cabrera, you have Jose De La Cruz, who they're gonna put them, they're gonna put them in, uh, they're staying international ball, right? Or they're going. De La Cruz will play in in the Gulf Coast League if it's still called that. Yeah. Is that, that Connecticut? Is. No, that's no, not that, no, Florida. No, yeah. Yeah. Norwich is gone. So he'll be Norwich, playing in Lake, Lakeland. Oh, well, gotcha. Who, you, you, you know who's not gone? Jake. Hey. Hey. What's up? What's up? How's yeah, it going, guys? Time, we're struggling to try to find, uh, feel the outfield in Erie. We're just thinking of all these Oregon names, and we're – what was it? So grab <laughs> your glove. Yeah, grab your glove, because Kellen mentioned some names that are no longer in the organization. Oh, I... Luke Birch and Chad Sedio. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Flash from the past. <laughs> Zach Shepard's pitching right now, so or is he is he is he pitching? Yeah, yeah. Zach Shepard's pitching. So yikes! So I was hunting around on the Mudhen site, and they have like basically all of their minor leagues listed right now, as far okay. as I know, unless they plan to do some wacky things. But they had some names on there that I was like, "There's no way they're hitting Toledo." Yeah, I think they just have yeah, they like Peter Montero's on the roster, yeah, and that's like that. Yeah, so it's it's not. I think it's just like, hey, this is who we know is in the organization, <laughs> right? Um, no, they don't want me in the outfield, though. You know, also, I could see starting in Erie at second base is Luke Shirley. If they're going to put Cody Clemens at AAA, wouldn't they put Luke Shirley at second base in Erie? Maybe. It kind of Maybe it could be, could be Cole Peterson again. Like, we, it, it's yeah. tough to know who they view as just a pure organization guy. Like, we love Cole Peterson's defense and think he should be playing shortstop at AAA just because that's what he deserves, but they might view it otherwise. I was even thinking that about Robson because you look at the outfield in Toledo right now. Yeah. It's like, you know, at what point do you say, okay, he's just organizational fodder and kind of bring him back a little bit just to fill in needs. Yeah. Him and Woodrow could both be in, in area when you think about it. Uh, yeah. We were going through, we, we figure starting outfield in, in Toledo, Stuart Hill and Cameron. Right. You know, another guy they could put in Erie too, or high A is John Valentine. That was a 20, that, that's that 21st round draft pick from 2018 in New York. Oh, Valenti. Yeah, it's it is kind of just a, an exercise in reckless speculation at this point. Right? We just Avila, I think, said that Riley Green's going to be in Double A and Torkelson's going to be in High A, and that's about it. I'm, I'm we think we'll see. I was about to ask about that. Do we think we see Dengler in West Michigan? Probably. I would guess so. It, it's one of those things where you, you try it to. It almost makes sense to keep it warm, right? Like let him start now out on a warm, and maybe by May, like he'll be up anyway. I don't know. I would anticipate them at least starting in Lakeland, and then if he does well. 
you know, kind of get aggressive with it. You try to try to draw conclusions based on which young guys got playing time in spring training, but we don't necessarily know if that really means anything. And Dingler didn't get a ton of playing time, but they kept putting him in there, you know, every other day or every couple of days. So yeah. I feel like they think he's fairly advanced, at least advanced enough not to, you know, die on the vine there in, in spring training. Yeah, we, we could see all the, uh, you know, recent draft picks start in Lakeland and then eventually move up to West Michigan. I mean, there's probably going to be a little bit of a log jam. I don't know if they want to continue developing Sam McMillan uh, and want to get him regular catching appearances there. In West. Yeah, and here's another thing, too. You look at the West Michigan roster, but what about a guy like Jack, uh, Jack, like in terms of like rotation wise? Is Carl's, I mean, Carl's Guzman is a name, you know, Jack uh, Lahulahan, the international kid out of the, who signed with a different free agent or d- different agency this year. Some I remember from January. So you have him, you have Hugh Smith, which, by the way, I, I, I has anybody seen Hugh Smith? I mean, that's another name that was highly regarded. You have Brad Brad Bass, another organizational arm, and then Adam Wolf. Again, I have I love left-handers, and I thought Adam Wolf would be something, but I was apparently wrong so far. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, that's been it was ugh. But West Michigan, let's get let's go to West Michigan for the sake of Joe, so Joe Sanity can. I mean, Joe Joe's gonna have here's the question, Joe. Is there gonna be a rotation there that you're gonna like? Because I don't I don't see it happening. Sorry, probably not, Raj. I think you're looking at guys low we'll call them lower ceiling players that are probably pitching in that that west michigan rotation Uh, you know i'm not sure how many obvious candidates there are you know for that rotation but no i I think to answer the question i don't think you're i don't think whitecaps fans are gonna be too excited about the uh the rotation they're running out there every day you're gonna get uh another season with robbie wellhoff (laughs) chance kirby in there and i mean there's that's the other thing there are a lot of like quarter sort of the 2019 draft picks from like rounds 10 through 25. Yeah. Some of those guys will randomly be in there as starters and we haven't seen anything from them or they were just relievers briefly in 2019, like a Michael B in line or whatever. I, some of those guys. And and then the, the undrafted free agents this year, whose names I've already forgotten. They, what did they get? Like six or seven of them. Some of those guys yeah. will pop up probably. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, did anybody have any idea who Emmanuel Bonotos is? No. So apparently he's a Tiger minor league. Uh, he was in part, he was in playing the Gulf Coast League as a rookie in 2019. And then he was actually playing in the winter ball for Delesco and hmm. over the winter. So 3.1 innings. Oh. Yeah. So how old is he? He is 21. Hmm. So never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah. He's going to be 22 this year. And yeah, he, according to the roster radar list that I have, he is listed as a starting pitcher prospect. Interesting. Yeah, I think that lineup for the Whitecaps is where we, you know, hopefully could see a little bit more intrigue. I mean, you guys are already stealing Packard and, and Green off the team. But, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, Parker Meadows probably starts in that West Michigan, you know, outfield. That feel, you know, that feels pretty likely to me. So, I mean, I, I do think they're still and, – and, and obviously – I think there's a pretty good chance, you know, Spencer Torkelson is there as well. So, I, I mean, that's a pretty good start. I mean, is Wencio Perez back in West Michigan? I think man in one of the infield spots. I think that's pretty likely. You know, a lot of those college guys we already brought up, where do some of those guys like, you know, Creedler, Lipschitz, and, you know, Kenley, where do they fit in the puzzle? Hey, you, but something you just reminded me of when you brought up Jordy Mercer, uh, <laughs> not, to, not to change gears completely here, but I believe he made the Nationals roster. Him and him and Josh Harrison both made the Nationals roster. I, I believe Harrison is slotted as their starting third baseman to start the season. If and, we only knew what we had. And Hernan <laughs> Perez, too, I think. I think Hernan Perez is on the roster. Oh, is he, too? Oh, my gosh. And a guy named Scherzer. He's on there, too. 
<laughs> I mean, he's guys, he's got 80 grade grit. So, I mean, that, that that's that's good enough for me right there. They've done okay with older infielders in the recent years. Drupal Cabrera was decent for him, and Howie Kendrick. Howie and, Kendrick, yeah. Ryan Zimmerman is just like tearing it. Oh, he has six home runs this spring or something like that. Still going. It's like, wow. I'll put it this way. I'll be pretty surprised if Harrison is a positive war player this season. I would too, yes. Versatile. How does, how they, is they have John Lester? Yeah, they, yep. they uh, cut Keyboom, Carter Keyboom. They sent him back to AAA, oh, probably yep. in a, at a service time thing as well. Um, the active roster, Harrison, Mercer, and Perez. Wow. That's great. All on the 26, man. Well, I know that they had a guy by uh, Cuban, Galio Hernandez, make the roster because of what's going on with, Q, uh, with COVID, rather. So I, I don't know how it's going to affect the roster. Maybe one of those guys do have they have to change their mind about the roster. But I still think the most depressing story of the entire offseason was that little news nugget that the Tigers were sitting outside the, the office as the Nationals were signing Soto. They were oh. ready to beat him. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. If there's any truth to that story, that is about as depressing as it gets right there. I, I you know, t- talking about the Nationals, I mean, I, I just, uh, of all the free agent contracts that have been signed, and like this is way off topic, but of all the free, how good was that Max Scherzer signing as a free agent? I mean, talk about a massive free agent deal that actually paid off. That that deal was was fantastic for them. Yeah. You got to defer a lot of the money. I mean, yeah, yeah, seven seven years of deferred money. I mean, yeah, that that worked out tremendously. And it was it was a great gamble by Max. You know, Um, he bet on himself and he won. The Tigers made a legit offer. I mean, if if you take them at their word that they offered six and one forty six at the time, I mean, there was nothing wrong with making an offer like that. But he turned that down cold, and he did pretty well for himself. One of the better self bets ever. Yeah, over the off season, was it Mike Petriello did a story for MLB.com about the best free agent contracts of all time. And I think he had Scherzer's uh, at number two. Oh, really? Yeah. That, behind that behind Randy Johnson with the Diamondbacks. Uh, because what oh, did he won? Sure. He won three consecutive, four consecutive Cy Youngs and a World Series. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So 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 it wasn't Mike Hampton or Darren Dreifert? No? Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Uh, no, Mike Hampton. Oh, was that with the Rockies? He saw that, that sign that deal? Yeah. Oh, that was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, or not even Kevin Brown level, but uh, getting back to getting back to minors, just well, just to wrap things up a little bit in terms of roster speculation or where things are going to be. I mean, here's a question too: you, the Trey Cruz, Gage Workman, Cole Keith, Dingler, and Cabrera. Do they go? They started this season in West Michigan, or are they start in late. I mean, we forget about Lakeland now being the low A. So, I mean, I, I see Trey Cruz and Workman. They talk about him being already the best defensive glove in the organization, which I didn't see how those possible. No one's seen him play yet. But I, I mean, outside of fall ball. But where do you guys see those guys? I feel like Daniel Cabrera. I, I mean, all the reports on this guy coming out of college, you know, were how advanced the bat was. I, I, he would obviously be in at least in high A had he, you know, had the opportunity to play last summer. I think, you know, I, I think he's a guy who's definitely at West Michigan. Dingler, I think, makes sense to me to be at, you know, to be at West Michigan as well. Even if we, even if it's maybe a month or so into the season, I think that that you know, starting the season a month later kind of takes a little bit of that warm weather factor out of there because it hopefully, I, you know, being somebody who lives in Grand Rapids, I hope it's a little warmer here uh, in May. The Trey Cruz, you know, I don't have a great feel for it. It it seems if he feels like a guy who would, you know, at Lakeland to me, but you know, just because the tools aren't quite as good. But I mean, he seems relatively, you know, relatively advanced. I don't see any reason he couldn't handle a, a high A slot, uh, you know, in West Michigan. So I, I I think it's kind of up in the air for some of those guys. But but Dingler and Cabrera, I think, will be at West Michigan. Well, I think most likely those guys. I would if I if I was betting my own money, I'd put them all um, at Lakeland to start. But I think they can afford to be aggressive. 
if there's a lot of movement within the organization, if they have a good 150, 200 at-bats uh, at Lakeland, there's no reason not to bring them up to West Michigan fast. They're rebuilding this organization, they, they, and they've been at it for a while. I, I don't see any reason not to press their luck with some of these guys. If they're, if they're showing something initially at a level, keep them moving. Yeah, there's two kind of misnomers here, right? Because like best case scenario, we haven't seen a guy like Dingler in nine months. But somebody like Trey Cruz, we haven't seen in longer than that, you know, going on a year basically. And that was college ball. So it's it's a combination of, okay, how how has their game progressed over the last nine, nine to 12 months? A and B, they're going to have a month where they're going to be in Lakeland regardless. So at that point, it's like, okay, do you keep them in Lakeland with, you know, the comfort factor because they're going to be there basically from now until the start of the minor league season anyway? Or do you try to get aggressive with them? So I think weather is going to play a factor to some extent, but I think this is going to kind of serve as a trial period uh, for some of these guys. I think I see probably a guy like Cruz where he's, you know, drafted a little lower, not a blue chip guy. He probably starts in Lakeland. It just kind of makes sense. Probably the same for, for Colt Keith, just because those guys, you know, they're for the for the college guys, it's kind of like a, a litmus test and maybe a confidence builder. For somebody like Cole Keith, that's going to be more of a challenge um, that he's going to get accustomed to. But um, yeah, I could see I could see Dingler kind of being a toss up. Uh, it seems like the organization is high on him, so they might uh, give him a challenge a little bit. We'll see. I think with Trey Cruz, I think they're going to start him at reason why he started West Michigan is because he did get that time at the Constellation Energy League and he got to play against independent guys who are 4A or double, like the equivalent say I think it was like 4A guys in some major leagues throwing some really stuff that he would he would probably take the equivalent say like double A, I, I guess for the, the better, lack of better description. So I think he, plus with his father now, I think working with the Tigers too as well, you can expect him to see an advanced placement there and see how it fits in and then maybe just slot him over to Lakeland just in case. But just that based off that experience he had, he was I think he was the youngest player going on in the Constellation Energy League at the time too. So for, I forgot, it was one of the four teams he was playing for. Yeah, I guess if I was going to predict, I would say Dingler and Cabrera and Cruz to West Michigan. I think Cruz, one of his defining aspects is he's actually got a pretty advanced approach at the plate. So I think that might, you know, allow him to move. And plus he's already kind of old. He was, a, I think he was a draft eligible junior or sophomore who was then drafted the next year. So I think he's almost a three, but I would expect, I, I think Keith will probably get held back and play in the Gulf coast league. Maybe he'll start in Lakeland. It could be the situation like with everybody else. We're just kind of assuming that he would have been in the Gulf Coast League last year and bumped up. And I think Workman will probably stay down there because he's also uh, really young for his you know, for being a college kid, and he's got some work to do. Torque in, in West Michigan, and I think you could get three or four, but then you run into the issue with, with all the infielders they drafted in 2019. Quintana and Lipschitz, Kreidler and Kenley, what, what do you do with all those guys? It might all play out in Lakeland in that month that they're working out. Yeah, that's where that's kind of like a muddle, 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 muddle mess at the moment. So... Um, but yeah, there's just even guys like forget about even like AJ Simcox too. Like just there's still guys in the organization they still have to make their mind about. She's still in the organization. I don't let me double check this, but I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Uh, according to Baseball Reference, yes, he's still in the organization. Wow, you just blew my mind. What about Kona Quiggle? Kona <laughs> Quiggle? Yeah. <laughs> Going deep. The, yeah, that's gonna be the name of the podcast. There is there a whole lot of Kona Quiggle in the organization. A whole lot of Kona Quiggle. Yeah, <laughs> searching for Kona Quiggle. Double check that because I can't seem to find. I can't even damn spell his name right. Kona Quiggle. He he played. Uh, he was in West Michigan, I think, or no. So they kind of wrap things up a little bit. The in terms of like just 
looking across the division a little bit, and and Kelly, I want to talk discuss this with you a little bit. You were looking at some of the relievers and some of the, some of the uh, high leverage guys for division opponents, but in terms of prospects, this is. I mean, let's look at the Royals for a quick second. The Royals, it, all Bobby Wood Jr. was causing all that chaos and and people were like oh bring them up of course the royals wisely did not decide to do that and that was a smart move on their part because they don't bring in that spring training hype but this is an organization that they got they got they got lucius fox from tampa that was a highly regarded prospect and they got some other i think there's some really intriguing arms in their system but is there going in the rotation a little bit i kind of i kind of like the royals Chances this year of finishing a little higher than projected, but I, I don't start with you, Colin. What team might surprise you with some of their prospect play uh, in the division? Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the Royals. I think that they could have a, a good year from their pitching staff this year. We've seen Mike Miner's velocity jump a little bit here in spring training. I think he was up to 93, 94. They got a couple arms, like you mentioned, obviously Brady Singer. Tigers fans like to talk about him because he's outperformed Casey Mize so far. You have Daniel Lynch who I think Fangrass has a, a 50 or a 55 grade on him. Uh, he's a power lefty. He could come in right now, probably help their bullpen. I think that one team, though, kind of under the radar here, that has a couple guys that could come in and help right now is the Twins. Uh, and I'm pulling up their Fangrass page right now to, to refresh myself. But they have a, a relief prospect. Matt Caterino is his name. I watched him pitch a couple times in spring training, and he I, I think he could be a, a high-level high leverage reliever right now for them uh he he has a kind of a that like relief herky jerky kind of wind up going for him and he uh he's pitched as a starter in the in the minors thus far in his career but i think he'll end up in a in a relief role uh kind of like a similar profile to like a zach hess but he's more advanced he he throws high 90s got a couple good breaking pitches Uh, i think he could he could help right now and then another pitcher uh in that twins organization is a guy named josh i think it's pronounced josh winder uh, he's from Virginia Military Institute. Fangraphs has him at 11 on their prospect list. Uh, he's a guy that I saw in spring training as well. He was up to 97, 98 in uh, a more traditional starter profile. Uh, so those are a couple of guys I'd look out for. In terms of, of top-notch prospects in the division, obviously you mentioned Bobby Witt. We saw Royce Lewis was wa- lost for the season with the ACL. Uh, but a guy to keep, in, keep an eye on is Eric Pena from the Royals. Uh, he was a guy that was signed in international free agency a couple of years ago. I don't think he's made his stateside debut yet, but I, he has a, a really pretty left-handed swing, uh, pretty advanced physically. I think he's like 6'3", 200 maybe. Um, so I think he could be a guy that moves really fast. Jake, what about you? I know you've been doing some products reports for Prospects Live. So there's got to be a couple of guys, and I'll get there's an Indians guy I'll get to in a second. But what about you? Is there any arms or anybody that stands out to you in, in the division? Yeah, in the division, that's a good question. And and doing this for Prospects Live, it seems like there's always like one guy that kind of um, sticks out a little bit. But coincidentally, I'm trying to think the only one that I contributed for Prospects Live was the Twins. And that was Royce Lewis. <laughs> so, and he's out for the year. So there goes that. So no, I haven't, I haven't caught, you know, too many names uh, in the AL central outside of the usual sub uh, subjects. I will say I'm a big Kowar fan. Is it Kowar or Kowar? Am I saying that Kowar. right? Kowar. Um, I was a big fan of him in Florida. I think, you know, he's got that nasty change up and I think he could be solid for the Royals. Definitely. They had, they have a lot of pitching and it's kind of funny how, you know, you don't have to have these, number one, number two picks year after year to assemble some, some dominant pitching. So, but um, yeah, that that's probably one name that I say, you know, could, uh, could rise quickly through the minors. He's probably close as it is. He probably reached double a already. I would have to guess. So he's, he's gotta be close. 
Well, you look you look at that Royals group. It all boils down to how one draft can turn a entire your pitching and your organization around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were lucky here, but I think it was in a span of like 22 or 23 picks. I think it was Singer at the high end, around 16, 17, whatever he was, uh, down to that Chris Bubich, uh, Bubich from uh, Stanford. Stanford. So they got Singer, Core, Lynch, and Bubich in that 23, 24 pick span. And right now, they're all healthy and they're all looking good. You know, they, there's a good chance all four of them uh, debut this year. That's really amazing. Again, pitching, it's, it's you know, it's a coin flip sometimes that they're going to stay healthy. But uh, if they've really hit on something, they have a core group coming up that's going to be pretty impressive. I mean, another guy for Cleveland, I think somebody that mentioned, Cleveland's been able to just be a pitching machine. But one guy I did take a look at for Prospects Live and just in general was Sam uh, Hengis who was jumping up to 99-100, those back in alternate camp, but see, in terms of what he's able to, if he could hold that, that's another arm that was down in double A last year in 2019 for the Cleveland baseball team. So that's a name I think that as a left-hander that could come up and, and maybe possibly make some noise. The Indians. Raj, do, you, do you see him in a, a power relief profile? I know he's like Hugh Smith sized. Yeah. You know, that's a good question. And I, I could see that happening because the, the, the one thing, the one concern that we were talking to Justin over at the Indians base uh, at the Indians prospect site was it was able to be able to hold it. And he seemed like he kind of kind of guy that maybe after the third time seeing him through the order could probably fade out. But in terms of stuff, I think he is a late inning reliever kind of profile because he throws it that hard. I think he has reliever profile. And at this point, he's at that point where he's either one or the other. He's 25, I think, 24, 20. I think he's going to be 25 this year. So, but I think the, the way the, the, how the Indians develop, I think I can see him as a middle age or middle, middle reliever or a late inning reliever. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned the, mentioned the Cleveland system and, I mean, it's it's been covered pretty widely how they're a pitching factory, right? They they just produce pitcher after pitcher after pitcher, and they they certainly have plenty of of talented arms in that organization. But I think they're one of my favorite systems to watch here, just because you look in that like like the Jose De La Cruz, Adenso Reyes range, like those uh, kind of guys that are coming up in the states from the DSL that are you know all tools and not a lot of uh, not anything else to go off of right now. I'd say Cleveland has about fifteen to twenty of those guys, whereas we have like two and. I think my favorite is probably Gabriel Rodriguez. He just a super built, has absolutely no plate approach whatsoever, but he has like really good bat to ball skills, really good raw power. And they, like I said, they have like 20 of those guys. So I think that you'll start to see that kind of lead into their, their prospect ranking or their, uh, their farm system ranking coming here in the next couple of years. Yeah. I'm interested to see how Daniel um, Espio uh, develops. I mean, this is a guy who was a what, first round draft pick. And uh, I haven't had a chance to. I would like to watch him pitch and see what he what he could develop in because if, if he can get up there quickly, we saw it with Tristan McKenzie. I mean, Tristan McKenzie, I'll admit, last year kind of surprised me because he looked. He, yeah, I think he struggled. Uh, Chris kind of command a little bit down in Double A. Was he struggled with command down in the minors? I mean, last year kind of caused off him up and just well smoked the tiger. No, I don't think that was. I he mostly had some injury troubles because he's 112 pounds. He's uh. He's always thrown strikes, as, as I remember, uh, and he threw – when he came up to the majors last year, he threw harder than I was expecting, and then his velocity dwindled. Yeah, that's I what think. it was. Yeah. yeah, as starts went on. But, he's yeah, he's a guy like you just wish you could pack on some pounds so he can hold up to a starter's workload because he's got really nice stuff. Uh, I remember I wanted to – you know, I liked him out of the draft however many years ago, five or six years ago. I thought he would grow into be like you – because know, he's got good height. I thought he'd like gain some muscle because I think he was committed to Vanderbilt at the time. But yeah, no, he's a 
He's a guy. Did you mention Daniel Espino? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was picking up there. That's because I wanted to see what he's. I mean, it was the first round. It's the first round pick, and Indians typically. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Don't they usually draft their pitcher lately? Some of the pitchers have been in the middle round, and they kind of develop them from there. Well, they had that one awesome draft. uh, Was it 2016, 2017? Bieber, Plesac, and Savale. the Indians are kind of notorious for taking the youngest pitchers in every draft, at least with the high schoolers. That's what they did, uh, you know, Lenny Torres and Ethan Hankins and stuff. But Espino kind of broke that mold because he's, I think he was one of the oldest pitchers in the draft. But he's a guy who's basically like ready. He just, I think they might want to get him some more innings, but he's probably ready to, to come up to the majors. He just hasn't thrown much in the minors. He's just a guy who was super advanced. Uh, and it, it's kind of one of the things where you want to get him innings as soon as possible because he's going to blow out eventually. They just people just view that the way he his operation or whatever. But uh, I think I saw him touching ninety eight. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah he was also it was I guess throwing a hundred in a bullpen session apparently. So yeah. well, and that's there's a dude on the Twins. To me, the Twins' biggest weakness these last thirty years is a lack of like that elite number one starter. They had it with Johan Santana, but after that, like Liriano kind of threatened that once. But they, you know, they always just are, they don't have, when the playoffs come around, they don't have a top of the rotation guy. Maybe Berrios can get there. Yeah. They've got a kid named John Duran. And I don't know, it doesn't look like he pitched it all this spring, but he's a guy who can touch triple digits. And he's got, got a funny sinker splitter hybrid that the, the twins call a splinker. Uh, and he also throws uh, yeah, a changeup and a breaking ball. And so he's a guy like, he's got the stuff to maybe be the top of the rotation guy one day, but I think I don't know if we'll see him this year. I think we've determined they they should stop calling it a splinker if they do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we, did, you know, they. I think the Twins really wanted Alex Kirilov to win the corner outfield spot. You know, they let uh, Eddie Rosario go, and then Kirilov went like four for thirty-five in spring or whatever. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I don't know who else might come up for them. I don't think Jordan Belazovic is quite ready. I'm trying to think who else they might have. Ryan Jeffers. We saw some of him last year. I don't know if he's still considered a, a rookie, uh, their catcher, but he might end up taking over for Mitch Garver at some point. I'm trying to think. Gavin. There's always um, there's always Badu, right? Oh wait, that's right. We, we, we took Badu. That's right. I'm sorry. Badu. Well, they they do have uh, a couple. You know, Brent Rooker and who's the uh, kid from Oregon State? Oh, Larnick. Larnick. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Twins have some interesting guys on the on the cusp. I, I was trying to think. The White Sox have kind of brought everyone up at this well, point. Vaughn Vaughn is the big one, right, for opening yeah. day. Yeah. Well known left fielder Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about that with the White Sox uh, podcast last week. And, yeah, they're even – I mean, what, there's what Blake Rutherford, and that's really about it in terms of guys that are going to be – they're coming up yeah. in the minors right now. But, I mean, is he, he, it's not even a – he's not even a dude, is he? I mean, it's all – He was a dude at one yeah. point, but he never turned into a dude. He, he was – that was the interesting – that was the 2016 draft, I think, with the outfielders. Yeah, yeah, Mickey, Yankees drafted him. Yeah. Rutherford, Mickey Moniak, and Kirilov. And uh, Moniak yeah. went first overall and looks kind of like a fourth outfielder. And Rutherford went, like – 18th i think and, and looks like maybe a minor leaguer for life yeah i don't know if you'd consider him a prospect still but one guy i'm interested in seeing is kopech yeah i uh, think he still is a rookie okay yeah he i mean he essentially has had two seasons off from baseball now with the tommy john and then he opted out last year so i know there's been some concerns regarding his i guess whether he wanted to whether he wants to play baseball still and I think he was going through a divorce and stuff. Like he was married to some sort of famous person, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. But yeah, I mean that's a good point because yeah, that that he's going to be out of the bullpen this year, I think. Yeah, and he didn't so, make the rotation. Yeah. So you got Kopech and Crochet and Cody Hoyer and Liam Hendricks, and it's like, oh my god, 
could be BBs yeah. all day. I mean, speaking of uh, you know, potential White Sox relievers, I mean, Zach Birdie throws 116 and uh, doesn't have any idea where it's going. So, I mean, there's a there's you know, there's a chance he could pitch at some point. Poor yeah. Birdie boys. I mean, <laughs> also, I mean, what they're gonna do with Micker Ofalo, who just can't stay healthy. I mean, in terms of even his, but his strikeouts are one of those things where he's been in the minor, he's been in the White Sox system since 2014. And now he's, a, I mean, a double A, he had, he was, I think he had, I think a shoulder problem he had or something along those lines. So, but he was still striking out a 30% clip. I mean, of course, small sample size, but still, that's a guy too that he's got to make or break whether or not he can be an effective prospect because beyond that, it's a, steep drop off on in terms of prospect depth of the White Sox right now. You're right. Everybody's up where they are. I mean, and, yeah, I mean I I'd kill for that level of young talent yeah. <laughs> at the major league level. Yeah. I mean they've got uh, uh, you know Cespedes, all around the bases. I guess Cespedes is too the younger brother Cespedes then, who they signed. Yeah, and one, Oscar, Oscar Colas they signed Colas. Him? Yeah. So, all the key I'm names. I'm really interested to see if Madrigal, you know, this is the year he kind of starts his uh, Dustin Pedroia imitation. You know, that's kind of what they want him to be. So we'll see it. Uh, I, I liked him coming out of the draft. He got he got banged up his senior year. If Casey Mize had gotten hurt down the stretch, I was wondering if Madrigal was was an was an option B for them. I, I, I kind of like the skill set only because it's so different than what the modern game is. You know, he's a contact guy, slap it around, and but still might have a little bit of power laying in there somewhere. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't. Uh... We covered all the teams, right? I mean, the Royals had the the young pitching for the most part. I saw Kyle Isbell made their team. He was a guy that I don't remember if he went for Dallas Baptist or Nevada or something like that. It's funny, you know, I started really getting deep into the draft about three, four years ago, and now I'm seeing all these names I kind of remember. Like, I remember following Cantorino, and I was like, was he at Pacific? Because I have all these pictures, or the pictures, like, in a a group in my head somewhere. But, yeah, I looked it up. He was from Rice. But, yeah, it's funny seeing these names pop up, and then other names just disappear. Guys I loved in the draft, uh, they're probably, like, toiling in low A for the rest of their life. You know, and before we get out of here, too, the reason why I mentioned some of these teams is because Cleveland with Columbus could be a possibility that the Tigers and them play each other in a in this next month or whatever is going to happen, which still has yet to be announced, too, whether or not what teams are going to be playing each other for minor league scrimmage purposes. And so hopefully there's some sort of announcement. If there is an announcement, well, the rosters will be definitely covering that and discussing that a little further. And hopefully and the Cleveland side of things, we'll see. I love mine seeing uh, uh, Joey Cantalao who they got from San Diego. That would be, would be a good arm to see as well. But yeah, they'll be they'll, that's going to be hopefully coming out in the next week or two as they continue to make the announcements. Yeah, I was speaking of announcements. This doesn't have to do with the minors, but I, I, I saw today that what you Darvish was talking about, he doesn't want to hit, and he hopes that they come to agreement tonight to have a universal DH, like tonight. I saw, I just saw, I think uh, Rosenthal tweeted that it's not happening. Okay. He said they were talking, but they couldn't come into an agreement. That's so baseball. The fact that that was even like a possibility that that could happen. That's so MLB, isn't it? Like this should have been like resolved months ago before like free agency even started. Uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent, so I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Just the fact that something like that, that almost everybody could have possibly agreed on that they can't agree on it. It's a really ugly harbinger of what's coming down the pike. So baseball. And XCBA is getting negotiated. I I still think I'll be stunned if it isn't epically ugly. So you darvish to the plate. It's be must-see TV all of 2021. I just want to see him, like, completely blow it. Like, let's see him, like, do some of the bench warmers moves with, like, the sword and uh, just have fun with it. You know he'll hit a bunch of home runs because he's you darvish <laughs> <laughs> Like, 
We'll yeah, see if Persian he uh, performs model. better than uh, Torkelson in spring training. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm referring to Chris's article that I was reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple pitchers hit worse than Torkelson did this spring. I, I, I'm hoping for a full-on John Cruck v. Randy Johnson. Just get, just go up there, get helmet on, just stand way away from the plate, just not even, not even make an attempt. Do something like that where you're kind of like waving at it. Yeah, you just die. don't even try. Yeah, no, it's. They, Jake, you're absolutely. It is so MLB thing to do. It's almost like they're like kicking the, like doing like that thing where you do when you're a kid. One, two, three. Not it. We're not gonna, no, nope. No, not it. We're not gonna bring this up. Nope, nope, nope. And why now? Day before opening day. And it seems like both sides agree on the fact, but then they'll try and attach other stuff to it and try and get nasty about that. And it just, I just don't understand. Especially for teams like, I mean, look at the NL Central, for example. Look how bad the NL Central is going to be this year. You're going to need all the offense you can get. You're going to get a lot of, I mean, outside of the Brewers and the Cardinals, the rest of the, I mean, the Cubs might be interesting. I know everybody's talking about Jock Peterson. Everybody's like, oh, I told you so. He's getting all this homework. Spring training, calm down. I know the Tigers didn't make him play for him. Calm, calm down. He's doing this the regular season. Maybe we'll discuss it. But then the podcast, I just look at it this way. You want more offense, right? You want to have the ability to have the, the NL to have some sort of, the same kind of plateau as the American League. At this point, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I know interleague games are not going to be what they were because they're, they're, they cut that back a little bit, but still, come on. You, I, I don't want to watch. I mean, I'm sure Pittsburgh wouldn't mind having a DH instead of having their pitchers. I mean, they wouldn't They wouldn't sign anybody of worth value, but, I mean, they would give somebody. You know who was, uh, by the way, I didn't know there was not. D. Gordon is still around. He's a minor league free agent. They, he, wouldn't, he, he won't sign for a minor league deal, by the way. He's he was, uh, he was yes, quite yes, bad last year. I forgot about him. I don't know. He, somebody brought it up earlier. But any other final call, final thoughts before we end the podcast this evening? Not to keep things going. I know we probably should wrap it up, but I don't know if you saw the the, the early results of the new baseball. No, you I know, did not see that. No, that's baseball. Actually, you know, they they, they wanted to uh, you know decrease uh, home runs by increasing drag. They made the ball lighter, and it looks like it's still going to give up a ton of home runs. It's 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 weird. Like there are certain batted balls that are flying ten feet less far now. You know, Sarah's pointed out, but there's still just as many home runs. So I, I don't Fascinating. know. Fascinating. Yeah. There was a whole article about it in the ringer. So you can check that out. Yeah. There's going to be, you know, imagine this too. Some of the numbers, I mean, the triple the A numbers when they come back around to where you're going to see those kind of Pacific Coast League style numbers that was coming up. I, that's the one thing I'm going to be looking forward to is seeing guys like, uh, was it Dixon Machado who had 19 home runs or 20 home <laughs> runs for the Cubs yeah. uh, for Iowa. So, so, at any rate, there's uh, all the screens over at MotorCityBangles.com. Uh, when the announcer, when they officially announce the rosters, we'll have definitely a, a, a breakdown of that and where we're going to go with that and, and what have you. Uh, there's going to be in May, we're going to games. So, hopefully, I mean, I if there's, a, if there's no other distractions or anything like that. And hopefully, there's a uh, we have a good season and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, pretty stoked for tomorrow. I'm going down the opening day tomorrow. So, mentioned that earlier but i'm i'm look i'm this is my second only opening day ever so also oh by the way if you want to get a chance go to the go to itunes give us a review let us know what you think of the tiger Miley report podcast and we'll be having some youtube content coming up soon as well and that's it if anybody else has anything else to say let me know <laughs> i'm done all right cool um other than that thanks a lot everybody and have yourself a good evening <laughs>